Hey folks, good morning. Welcome to church. Let me add my welcome to Graham's. Uh, I just want to introduce my friend Nick. Nick's here today. Stand up a second, Nick. See for Nick. Yay! Nick is pastor at a church over in Ayrshire, Southside Christian Fellowship, over in Ayrshire direction. He's a big guy, eh? So he's my bodyguard today. He's, he, I, I, he's coming on tour with us around our locations. Uh, so uh, great to have you with us, Nick. And let's, let's, everything, let's, guys here, let's welcome the folks joining us online. Welcome, Church Online, great to see you guys joining us today. You're part of our church. It's great to have you here connecting. Well, we're going to turn to the Bible. Before we do that, let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Father, thank you so much that you're among us today, whether we're here in person or connecting online. God, I want to give thanks that you're here. And God, thank you that you have a plan and you're the God who speaks, you're the God who intervenes, you're the God who steps in, you're the God who shapes our lives and our destinies. We invite you to do all that today. Jesus, I'm so grateful to you that 2,000 years ago, you came into this world to save folks like us. Thank you, you're with us today. You're risen from the dead. You've conquered Satan, sin, and death. And in you, people can have new life. And I give thanks that you're with us right now as we're on mission. Give thanks to you. You're with us. You're building your church. You're changing lives. And I invite you to do just that here and online as we gather in your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just wait for a moment in his presence. Just fix your heart on him. Bora adebere se. Rodo rocom breba do sangere, brato sabra, brato si chiamacandisi joro, bredando sondoro, balacando sabreda, ambucambiando, rababo de dura sacanda, bato shereasa. Here's the interpretation God says, I know you've been waiting for a long time for your breakthrough. You've been longing, you've been crying out, you've been waiting for breakthrough, and you wonder, will it come? Some people walked away and never saw the breakthrough, but the breakthrough is coming for those who wait, for those who just hang on with me, who wait till the end and keep believing, keep standing, keep trusting, because I am the God of the breakthrough. Trust me, I have got it all for you. Just keep walking forward. Don't let go. Don't give up because I've not given up, says God. Oh God, we give thanks to you so much, God, that Today, you're the God of the breakthrough, and I pray that today, people who are trusting and believing for things would be able to have courage to keep going and believing for the great things in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, God speaks. I really feel that's a word from God for some of you connecting online or here in person. Okay, well, we've been on a series, we started a series last week, we called it 2020 and Beyond. If you've been with us since 2015, who, who, who joined the church? Who, who heard our 2020 vision back in 2015? Show fans? Okay, so maybe half of you. And the journey we, went, we started on was to launch new locations in our church. We, back in 2015, we had two locations. Today, we have five locations, and there are more to come. Last week, we recapped, and we kind of gave thanks to God, and also gave thanks to you folks for your generosity and your serving and your faith, and your tenacity, just to go for it, and to see church established, and spread out, and launch new locations. So if you missed last week's message, please, please, please go back online, and listen into what you missed. There's also a fantastic film clip from last week, which you can get through our social media channels. 
This week, we're going to be looking at, okay, what, where now? Where next? What's, what happens next? So thank God for what happens, but what's going to happen next? And so I want to help us navigate today, where's next? And before we look at where's next, let's look back for a moment. Ten years ago, I mean, the last ten years have just gone like that, right? 2010, how many people remember 2010? Okay, and it's just like, it's gone like that, gone really quickly, hasn't it? I mean, let me just give you some reminders of 2020. In 2010, we had no idea what Instagram was, right? No idea. You hadn't heard of Snapchat, Pinterest, FaceTime, or Uber. That's mental, isn't it? You think like, wow. Some of you, have you all heard of those things? Just, just checking, okay, all right, okay. Uh, iPads hadn't been invented. iWatch hadn't been invented. Fitbit, you had no idea how many steps you'd done. Hadn't been invented. Uh, you know, flossing was to, was to do with your teeth, nothing to do with a kind of something else. Gender fluidity was not a conversation people had. Being woke was the opposite of being asleep. Woolworths existed. Who remembers Woolworths? Who misses it? You hadn't heard of Brexit. Donald Trump was a businessman and a TV celebrity. Ah. Jeremy Clarkson works for BBC. <laughs> Graham Williamson had an afro. No, I just, just uh, that, one, that was fake news. I didn't, he didn't have that. Nearly. Now, none of that was a surprise. So it's all changed, right? Ten years on. Look at, look at, look at all those things that have happened, right? None of those was a surprise to God. Maybe, maybe Donald Trump. That was maybe a surprise to God. But other than that, pretty much, you think, well, he kind of saw it coming. He saw it coming. And I have news for you that 2030, it will just happen just like that. And guess what? God already knows what's going to happen. In fact, it is not just, God's not just at the mercy of the whims of what will happen. God's on the throne. And God is sowing seeds of dreams, of ideas, of things that he's stirring in you, God ideas today will become great realities tomorrow that people will experience and will change lives. And you're part of shaping the future. God wants to do that. So the question I've got today is before we get into some of the things I want to share about physically, what are we going to do as a church? Let me just take you to the Bible and help us navigate. How do you navigate your way into the future? How do you navigate your way into the steps that God has for you to take? So turn with me to Acts chapter 16, this is the great apostle Paul on one of his missionary journeys. It says in verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of the, in the province of Asia. So here's the Holy Spirit kind of holding them back from going into a province. When they came to the border of Mysa, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to. Now, notice there that interchangeably it goes from the Holy Spirit to the Spirit of Jesus. Talking about the same one, and this is just, another, again, another evidence that Jesus is none other than God himself. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus is God. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it says that, uh, that the Spirit of Jesus would not allow him to go into this other region. So they passed by Mesa and came down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day, we went to Neapolis. And from there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. We stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside of the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. And we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening, a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, uh, she was a worshiper of God and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So here we see uh, the Apostle Paul and his traveling companions they're on these journeys. They're feeling God's calling to, to preach the gospel, to preach the message about God's good news into surrounding regions. And as they're on that journey, they're feeling the Holy Spirit not letting them go into certain places. But now he clearly directs them to go into a place called Macedonia. And in Macedonia, here we see the first person to come to know Jesus. Because impacting a region is about impacting one life at a time. So now, by the way, Macedonia... That doesn't really mean that much to you, but Macedonia equals Europe. Okay, so this is an important moment in the history of the world. This is the moment where God led the great apostle Paul and his companions to preach the gospel in Europe. Now, we're Europeans, by the way. I know we're no longer part of the European Union, but we are Europeans. And this was a moment for us. This was the gospel coming to the Europeans, folks like us, and it's, it was led by the Holy Spirit. So let me just zoom into each of the verses one at a time. Verse 2, verses 6 and 7, it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the words in the province of Asia. They came to the border of Mysa and tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. What you see here is that the Holy Spirit not only leads you into things, but he also prevents you from going into some things. This is the double guidance of the Holy Spirit, both the restraints and the release, both the prohibition and the permission. And this is so important. It's as as important as it is you being in the right place, it's as also important to God that you're not in the wrong place. The Holy Spirit will not lead you just into right places He'll also protect you from going into wrong places. That's just as important, you understand, in fulfilling the purposes of God. Now, we see this all the way through church history. For example, Azaniram Judson, way back, an American, the first American overseas missionary, he felt he wanted to go and preach and be a missionary in India. But on his trip to India, he was diverted by the, by the Lord himself to Burma. And Adoniram Judson in Burma established 100 churches. He translated the gospel, the New Testament, into Burmese. And today, 160 years later, uh, in Myanmar, that translation of the Bible is still the most popular translation of the Bible from Adoniram Judson. And that was because God did a diversion. He didn't let him go into India. Instead, he brought him to Burma. William Carey, famous Baptist missionary from the UK, he felt originally he wanted to go to Polynesia in the South Seas, but God instead led him to India. And when he went to India, God used him to plant hundreds of churches. He translated the Bible into six Indian languages. He started medical clinics for the poor. He established 100 schools for children of all castes, from the poorest to the poor upwards. 
And within 50 years of his death, there were half a million Christians in India. Isn't that awesome? So you need to understand it. God's, you've got to thank God not just for his permission, but you also got to thank God for his prohibition. You've got to thank God for his release, yes, but you also got to thank God for his restraints. When he says, no, don't go to those places. I want you to go to these places instead. It's really important. And you know what it's like to have the Holy Spirit say, whoa, pull back. Don't want you to go that way. But also you know what it's like for the Holy Spirit to lead you into things. Now, Destiny Church Edinburgh, we started 22 years ago this summer in my flat, me and Angie's flat in the city center. And uh, we, we, we outgrew the flat and moved into Tollcross Primary School. And to be honest, we liked being city center. City center was where we wanted to be. But God led us to relocate the church in 2003 all the way down to Leith. And so we, we relocated the church. But we wanted to be city center, but we relocated the church. Having sensed the Lord leading us, we moved from the city center to Leith. Having outgrown Leith, we went to one service, to two services, to three services in Leith. We've, we'd filled it several times. We knew that Leith was no longer a viable building. We couldn't, it wasn't big enough for the church. So we thought, oh, we want to go back to city center. Honestly. So we, we started trying to push the door in the city center again. In fact, I actually went with a group of us. We went to see Methodist Central Halls on Lothian Road. We had a look round. Before it was ever sold, we had a look round. And we thought, I remember walking around thinking, this would be perfect for church. This would be perfect for church. But I heard in my heart, clear as a bell, we're meant to go further west, i.e. Gorgie. And this building's for someone else. And as you know, many of you know, Morningside Baptist bought that building and they now call themselves Central. The Holy Spirit forbid us from taking those steps into the city center, even though I want to go into the city center. God told us Leith. God told us Gorgie. And now we feel, as you'll hear in a few moments, we feel now God's calling us back into the city center. But it's been in his timing. It has been like, well, Lord, we wanted to push that door then, but God said no. And now we feel his timing has changed. Goes on in the verses, verses 8 to 9. So they passed through Mysa and traveled down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now notice, it doesn't say that God gave him a vision of Macedonian architecture or a Macedonian seascape or some beautiful Macedonian landscapes. It doesn't, doesn't say that. It says he gave him a vision of a Macedonian man, human being. Why? Because when God's thinking taking territories, when God's thinking of making an impact, He's not just thinking, hey, I like that, Paul's a really nice place to be. He's thinking human beings created in the image of God. No one more important to God than a human being created in the image of God. So when God's got a place in his heart, he's not thinking of, oh, nice architecture or a nice cool place to live, right? He's thinking there are people there. They're created in my image and I love them to bits and I want you to reach them. God, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And when he's talking about the world, he's not primarily talking about the bunny rabbits, okay? He's talking about human beings created in the image of God. There's nothing more important to God, no one more precious to God than you. You are so precious to God. You are who is on God's radar. You are who was on God's radar when Jesus came and was willing to give everything on that cross 2,000 years ago. Human beings created in the image of God from conception all the way through, human beings are precious to God. 
And it says in the verse, it says that this Macedonian man was begging Paul. The Amplified Translation says was pleading with Paul, pleading with Paul. Notice the urgency. They said, man, this, this was so urgent. Paul, you need to come over and help us. And he says, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, in reality, no one from Macedonia was asking Paul to help. They weren't saying, oh, please, Paul, come and help us. That was what you saw in the vision. But in reality, no one was sending him letters and inviting him. There was no deep urgency among the Macedonians themselves. Europeans were just quite happy and contented doing their thing without the true gods just doing their thing. They weren't crying out to Paul. So what does this Macedonian man mean? Well, it represents, it represents what human beings would do if they really knew how close to the precipice they were. It represents what human beings would cry out and beg for if they really knew the reality of their spiritual predicament away from God. Nothing more desperate than being away from God's. And this Macedonian man, it's like, he's a guy who's had a wake-up call and he realizes there's nothing more desperate than being away from God. Paul, help me find my way to God's. The Macedonian man represents what they would ask us if they knew the answer we were carrying. It's almost like if they knew how great the answer was we're carrying, they would cry out and beg us for that answer. That's what the Macedonian man represents. Now, the way I, I, I want to illustrate this is, you know, on the news just now, we're hearing of the coronavirus, and you're hearing the terrible spread of this virus, and they're trying to find cures for the virus, and it's causing great anxiety, great concern, especially over in Asia, but it's starting to touch all parts of the world now, and it's deeply troubling. Our hope is they will eventually find a vaccine, but imagine, imagine someone had already had found a vaccine. Imagine they presented that vaccine. You can imagine how desperate, especially the tens of thousands who have been infected, how desperate they would be, how, how begging they would be. Just give us the vaccine. They'd be crying out for the vaccine because their entire existence depended on it. Now, in a similar way, the human race has a strange disease. Not a physical disease, it's a spiritual disease called sin. It's our awareness. We're away from God. And the crazy thing is, most people are just quite happy about it. They're away from God, and it's, and it's this terrible, terrible disease, and it's, it's, it has a, it's an eternal consequence, disease. And this is like this Macedonian man crying out for the vaccine. And 2,000 years on, Europeans have the same disease. And the double problem is this. Is, you see, there's something worse than having a disease. And worse than having a disease is you not knowing you have a disease, or you not acknowledging you have a disease. Because not only do you have a disease, but you're not even acknowledging the fact that you need help for the disease you've got. And that is the problem in the Europeans. We're not, we're contented away from God. But the true condition is reflected in this guy who's begging for the answer. And then it says in verse 10, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul, when he's heard this Macedonian man say, come and help us, he didn't conclude they need some mother and toddler groups. Yeah, I, I think they need some food parcels or they need some recovery groups. All right, they're all good things. And that might have been part of the solution. But he didn't think, oh, they need some mother and toddler groups or some food parcels. He, 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 he realized 
the root of their problem needs an answer. And the only answer that can deal with that kind of problem is the gospel. Say the gospel. It's the gospel. So Paul concluded, crying out for help, I know exactly what they need. And it wasn't something secondary, it's something primary. He said they need the gospel. It's like back in the, in the early 1900s, there was a missionary called Dr. Claude Barlow. He went as a missionary to China. And while he was there, way back in the early 1900s, a, a disease, strange disease broke out in China. And no one knew the cure for this disease. He was a doctor himself, and he saw people dying all around him. And he was doing his own research into the disease and trying to, he was taking his own notes. He was studying patients. But there was no real laboratories or no real medical backup in China where he was. So he, he came up with a plan. He managed to get a sample of the disease and he contained it. He took as many notes as he could. He traveled by ship all the way back to the United States. And before he arrived back in the United States, he took into his own body the same germs that other people had. And then he went back to John Hopkins University and where he got some trusted professors that he knew to study him as their patient and to find a vaccine for the disease. They gave him, he gave them his notes. By this point, he was severely ill. They did the study, and they thankfully managed to come up with a vaccine for the disease. And a healthy, healed Dr. Claude Barlow returned to China with the vaccine. And it literally saved thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And he said this when he was asked about the experience. He said this, anyone would have done the same thing. I happened to be in a position of vantage, and I had the chance to offer my body. And 2,000 years ago, God seeing the predicament of the human race. God had, didn't have a disease within himself. Jesus had no sin in himself. But Jesus, in his love for the human race, came into human existence, became one of us. And, he, yet, he, and yet he didn't have our sin. And Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago took upon himself our sin, died in our place, and resurrected on the third day. And in doing so, created a vaccine that will heal the worst disease ever, the sin in the human soul. Instead of sin taking you down eternally, you can be saved, forgiven for your sin, and cleansed and restored to a relationship with God, all because of Jesus Christ. Isn't he good? He's so good. And you can have that today. And if, if you're watching online and you're here in person, you can have that today. You can know that forgiveness. You can know that cleansing. You can experience that new start that Jesus alone can bring into your life. You just need to call upon him and he will give it to you. I'll give you an opportunity at the end. Now, here's the Apostle Paul. He comes into this area called Macedonia, brings the gospel to the Europeans. And the first one we see becomes a Christian is Lydia. She experiences the love of God, forgiveness of God. And she was the first of multitudes. And here we are. I don't know what number you were, but she was the first. But here's what Paul, years later, 10 years later, writes to the church at Philippi, the church that he started. He writes to the church at Philippi, and he says this in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. I thank my God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel. Say partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now. You see what happens? Paul brought the ultimate answer to the people who were crying out because of their spiritual need. He brought the ultimate answer to them. And you see what's happened now? They were impacted, now they become those who impact. 
as it were, the Macedonian man crying out for help became the Macedonian people bringing the message to other Macedonian people. The impacted now start to impact others. And that's when you know you've really had an impact. Because they not only heard the message and were transformed, but they started themselves spreading that message, not just letting the Apostle Paul do it. You do all the preaching, Paul, we'll cheer you on. But they were taking, they picked up the baton, they were running with it, they were telling other people. And that's exactly how it should be. You know, in the New Testament, 27 times in the New Testament, people like us are called believers. Say believers. Three times in the New Testament, people like us are called Christians. Say Christians. But over 269 times, people like us are called disciples. Say disciples. Disciples mean you're not just a consumer listening to new information. Disciples means, okay, I've been impacted. Now I'm going to impact. I'm not going to let the pastor do all the work. I'm not going to let the leaders do all the work. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to become a partner, a participator in the gospel. I'm going to be somebody who picks up that baton, and God, with your help, you can use me to make a difference in the lives of a Lydia or another person or another person. Say amen if you're with me. You see, and you've maybe heard this before, but if one evangelist saw a thousand people come to faith every day, that'd be incredible. One evangelist saw a thousand people come to faith every day. Do you know, it would take that evangelist 20,000 years to reach the world's population. And yet, did you know that if every believer wasn't just a believer, but was also a disciple and spread the word. Every believer, every year, brought one person to faith in Jesus. Did you know, and then the next year, every believer does the same again. Within 32 years, we'd have reached the entire world population. Now, I'm not naive enough to think we can sustain that kind of level of growth, but maybe every couple of years or every three years, see one of your friends get saved, added to the church, growing in the faith, become a participator, a partner in the gospel. Destiny Church Edinburgh, absolutely feed the poor. Do your mother and toddler groups. Do your recovery groups because we, we care for the whole human being. But whatever you do, Destiny Church Edinburgh, online location, Gorgie location, listen, do everything you can. There are people crying out even though they don't know it. And you're carrying the message. You're carrying the answer. Don't be a mousy Christian where you keep your faith to yourself. People say, oh, you, you keep your religion to yourself. What? Well, what kind of religion do you have? If God has truly saved your soul, and you know it's for everyone, you'd be the most selfish individual ever to keep it to yourself. You don't keep to yourself stuff that you're buzzing about. It'd be weird. I'm going to keep that thing I'm really excited about to myself. What? You're not that excited about it then, and you'd be selfish. Believers, tell people about Jesus. Do it in an unfreaky, weird way. Just normally, tell them about Jesus, all right? Turn to them and say, don't do it weirdly. Tell, turn to them and tell them, don't do it weirdly. Don't do it weirdly. Okay, so where next, church? So the Holy Spirit not only stops us going places, but also starts us going places. In 2020, we launched our vision, which was, help me, four, two, one. Ready? Four new locations, two refurbished buildings, one orphanage in India. By God's grace, the orphanage is complete. And we talked about that last week. Listen, yay, absolutely. And we're still fitting it out now, and then the kids will move in. 
the four new locations. By God's grace, we've seen South, Gorgie, and Online start. We want to launch another one or two at least by the end of this year. And a refurbished building. So let me, let me just talk to you about these. First of all, we're going to be launching this year, drum roll, in the city center Edinburgh, we're launching our city location. Yay! Let's, let's show that clip, Patrick. Thanks, guys. Here's the clip. In 2015, we launched the 2020 vision of establishing new church communities around areas in Edinburgh and the Lillians. It's been an amazing journey, and we've seen the started and established our Granton, South, and Church Online locations. God's been doing amazing things. We've seen church members grow, and we've seen many, many people added to the church. We've seen the lost one and the one winning, and we believe that the best is ahead. On Monday, the 21st of September, 2020, we are launching Destiny Church Edinburgh City Centre location. The world of work has changed dramatically over the past few years. For many people, Sunday is now a work day because they work weekends or they work shifts. Therefore, as a city centre location, we're going to be launching a Monday night service. This is going to create the opportunity for those who would never come to a Sunday service because of work or because they wouldn't even consider coming to church uh, to come along and experience the transformational power of God. Tens of thousands of students study here at Edinburgh University and thousands and thousands of people live in this area. Old Town, New Town and the West End make up Central Edinburgh. In 2013 it was found that in Central Edinburgh 41% of households had one tenant in them. There is a real need and a desperate desire for authentic community and real relationship here in the city centre. And as a church we're called to play our part in that. We're called to bring people together from all walks of life, all backgrounds, and bring them together and point them to the hope that we have in Jesus. Life is better together. Starting from March, we're going to be having monthly vision nights, training nights, and worship nights as we build up towards launching weekly services in September. God has commissioned us to be light into darkness, and he's going to do far more than we can possibly think or imagine. Wow. Super exciting. Dan and Emily, guys, do you want to stand up for a moment? Let's hear it for these guys as they pioneer. Woo! Amazing. You know, a couple of, if I, it was just over a year ago, I was speaking at an event in Dundee. And at the event in Dundee, there was a prayer time at the end, and someone came up to me and they said, God gave me a, a picture for you. And the picture was of you with like a pneumatic drill and you were dig, 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 trying to break through the ground. And then in the picture, I saw you breaking through into darkness. And he said, I feel God is saying that God's going to use you to reach people in darkness. Straight away, three projects, boom, 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 came into my head. First one was Church Online. Let's hear it for Church Online. Yay. Love you guys. Reaching people who maybe wouldn't never, never connect with church. Great to have, I heard last week, and you might be joining us this week, I heard last week a person walking her dog joined Church Online and made a response at the end. So, so good to have you with us. So reaching people in darkness, Church Online launched, thank God. And then second project was Polish translation. And we started that in our Granton location. So when we're preaching, there's live translation in Polish. And that's already got a great community of Polish believers gathering now with us in the Granton location. And the other project was city location. 
But instead of just being a city centre location, doing it on a Monday night. I remember an event a number of a uh, couple of years ago, and I was chatting to one of the security at the event, G4 whatever group security, and and I was saying, oh, why don't you come along to my church? And they said, oh, when is it? I said, well, Sundays. And they said, work weekends. And so many people, they just work weekends, can't come on Sundays. So Monday night will be an opportunity. And it might be that you regularly come on a Sunday, but forever this week, you couldn't go to church because you had a shift. Well, come on the Monday. Exactly the same preaching, same preachers, exactly the same patterns. I'll be there every second week preaching. The church will be growing. Dan and Emily will be leading it on the ground. It will be amazing. City Centre. So, it's launching Monday, the 21st of September. It's going to be for shift workers, for city centre dwellers, and for students. And you know, some of you, and here's a, here's a, let me just throw this out there, some of you feel a passion for pioneering, but you don't live in the city centre. You know, you can, like a missionary, you can help, just help them. Why not commit to, for the first year and a half, or the first two years, I'm going to I'm going to be a missionary and just, even though I don't live in the city center, I have a heart for what they're doing. I want to pioneer with them. Great thought. You can still come on a Sunday even if you wanted and come on the Monday as well. But it's going to be an incredible moment. Jordan and Jody did that in our Granton location. They didn't live in Granton. They just went for a year and a half, two years to help because they had a passion for pioneering, maybe like some of you. And they helped there and today they lead the south location across in Pennycook. So we have a vision night on Monday, the 16th of March. Now, that is for everyone who thinks, I want to be part of that location. But also it's for people who want to know more about that location, which should be all of you, okay? So even if you just think, I want to find out about it so I can pray, or I know some friends who live in the city center, I want to come along just to hear the vision and ask my questions and just kind of get a feel for the vibe of it. Join us on Monday, the 16th. Uh, where is it? 16th of March for a first vision night. And then there'll be monthly training in the build-up to launch in September. It's going to be amazing. If you're interested, fill in a welcome card. Make sure you're included. And hey, it might be that you're thinking, okay, Pete, I'm not going anywhere. I'm part of online or I'm part of Gorgie or other locations might say I'm part of Leith and Granton. I'm not, part, I'm not going to be part of that. How can I help? Well, glad you asked Because here's how you can help. Every single one of you can help us launch that location. Here's how. Number one, just keep giving generously like you all do in the offerings, in tithes and in offerings. We can't do this without the flow of generosity in a church. You're giving into a church that's not a dead end. You're giving into a church that's dreaming or want to make a big difference. And next week, we're going to be talking even bigger about the difference we want to make in the years ahead, not just this year. Give generously and give consistently. Also, serve. We can't set, listen, we need a whole new band. We're going to need a new bunch of stewards. We need welcome team. We need kids workers. We need people on TV team. We need part of, to join church online. We need people to fill all the gaps. Catering team. We are looking, it's all hands on deck. We need you to serve. Please don't just come to church. Find a place where you can serve. Even though you're not going to the city, listen, here's the thing. If you serve in Gorgie or serve online, all of a sudden it releases the people who are going because they'll create gaps. When you lose worship people from here to the city, who's going to fill the gaps? 
If, you, if, if, if we send people out to the city to be stewards and welcome team and catering team, who's going to fill the gaps here? Every one of you. There is a place for you in this location. Sign up to serve. Please, I implore you. Give, just keep giving, and serve, and pray with us. So all of you, listen, this is not like, oh, Pete, this is you and Dan and Emily. Well done, I'm cheering you on. No, no, we're all giving birth to this baby. So we're all giving birth. Say, I'm pregnant. Okay, I just thought of that there. West Lothian, say West Lothian. You know, a couple of years ago, in a time of prayer and fasting, God led me to a suburb in West Lothian and actually to a specific building in that area. And, I, and since then, I've been in negotiations with the denomination who owns that building. And it's very, very favorable conversation. And the hope is that we can short-term building share. But then if the congregation ceases to exist in that building, we would inherit the building and to continue the work there. That's the hope. You can be praying for that. My hope is, and I've got another meeting with some of the key players in that in the next few weeks. My hope is that by the end of this year or early next year, we can start at least a monthly outreach in that location with a view to going weekly and having a location in West Lothian. Could you pray with me for that? Let's believe for that. And then finally, the drum roll. Gorgie refurb. So, yeah. Some of you just, you haven't been going to the toilet for these last three years. I'm not going to those toilets. And I don't blame you. I'm, I will not go to those toilets. For three years, you've been hanging on there. Because you're not going to go to the toilets. And I don't blame you because they're an absolute state. They're a mess. They're clean, but they're really uncool. Really uncool. Nick, welcome to church. Don't use the toilets. Really uncool. And the reason we've, we haven't done refurbishment is because we've been focusing on other things called people and planting locations. So no regrets. No regrets. Other churches might prioritize buildings. We haven't prioritized buildings. We focus on people. And so I don't regret that journey, but we also know that to bless more people, we need to have better facilities. We've done up our Leith with the 2020 given. We've done up a great job in the Leith Cafe. It looks fantastic. Still looking for kids' facilities over there. We've got planning permission and building warrant in place now for the complete refurbishment and rebuilding of that entire wing out there for the toilets and the foyer area, that entire wing. So we've already got the planning permission. It just came in in the last few months, planning permission and building warrant, and we've got the money from 2020 to press. Go on that. However, say, uh-oh. Oh, don't worry. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, in the last two months... One of the church members in Destiny Church Glasgow, who is a property developer, reached out to me and said, Peter, it's really in my heart, I want to use my skills and my resources to see if we can achieve a much bigger solution for the Gorgie venue. So what we're looking at, and we've, we've already, architects in January have been doing a feasibility study of a complete new build here on this site, where we would literally, you know, we're not talking about toilets here, we're talking about the whole shebang. And it would have to stack up financially, we'd have to probably put some retail and some flats in the front with a whole new refurbished as big church facility at the back. That's where we're just doing the sums, we're doing the juggling act. It looks positive, 
We're pushing that door. There's no point in us spending any money building that stuff if we're going to do the bigger idea. So that's on pause while we look at the bigger idea. And if we go ahead with the bigger idea, I will let you know as soon as I know. All right? And you can pray into the process. I'll let you know as soon as I know. If we press go with the bigger idea, we'll do a cosmetic freshen up of the toilets in the meantime. So you can do your thing. And if we don't go ahead with the bigger idea, then we will press the full go on a proper refurbishment, proper rebuilding there. Make sense? Pray. You know, just Andrew Owen is a dear brother and the apostle that I work under. I love him. I love him. He's a great man, big visionary leader. Before he came to Scotland to plant Destiny Church in Glasgow, he was at an event in England. And at the event in England, there was a man called John Wimber who started the Vineyard Movement of Churches and Paul Kane, who was a famous prophet. And they were speaking, and in this huge crowds, Paul Kane pointed at Andrew Owen and got him to stand up. No one knew that Andrew was about to plant the church in Glasgow. And Paul Kane said, God says, you're about to move into a new nation. And by the time you finish with that work in the nation, the nation will be changed. So Andrew came to Scotland's Destiny got going. Churches started being planted. When I was 19, met Andrew. Started mentoring me. And when I was 21, God gave me a vision and a calling to come to this city with my precious Angie. And we got the church going here in Edinburgh. And multitudes of you, thousands of people have come to faith since then. And many of you have found your calling since then. And many more are yet to find their calling still to come. The reality is this, I'm part of a bigger vision. Now you're part of a bigger vision. And your legacy is the dreams that God is stirring in your heart. These aren't steps that, oh, Pastor Pete is taking. No, these are steps we are taking. This is our time destiny, Edinburgh. Yep, I don't know all the details of the future. Paul didn't know other than I need to go in this direction. God opened up the details as he moved in that direction. We move in the direction as you step out, and it's an all-on-board thing. Every single one of you is a part to play. Get involved. Go be a planter. Serve. Give generously. Pray your socks off, and believe God for the best days ahead. Say amen if you agree. Let's pray. God, we give thanks to you so much for your presence. Thank you. You have been with us, and thank you. You truly are with us right now in this journey. We give praise to you, God, that truly the best days are to come that God breakthrough is coming in individuals' lives and for our church. God, thank you that churches will grow. Thank you that nation will be impacted. And we also know, God, we're not doing this alone. There's dozens and dozens of amazing other churches all around this city, all around this region, and we get to do it alongside the bigger picture of the body of Christ in our time. God, we're believing you for a changed nation, O God's. And we're asking you for a changed Lothians, O God's. God, we're asking you for a changed city in Jesus' name. We pray, God, let's impact so many shift workers. God, let's impact so many students and so many people who are living in the city center. They might not be crying out, but if they knew how, how precarious their predicament was, they'd cry out, and God, we come with the answer, the biggest answer they could have, the gospel. And we pray, God, it will spread like wildfire. Let there be miracles. Let there be dramatic healings. And let many come to faith. We pray in agreement, in Jesus' name. Amen.